right, Javi Vasquez, legendary Javi Vasquez. Man, such an honor. Uh, SoCal Jiu-Jitsu legend, MMA legend, you know, king of the cage. Uh, uh, I mean, like UFC veteran, but, you know, one of the, the guys that, like, kind of put it on the map, you know, the first, like, one of the first lightweight champions. Went to Japan, beat Romino Sato, who was, like, the first lightweight superstar, uh, uh, you know, you know, he's getting invited to UFC, like just, you know, uh, you know, one of the early, early, not early, early, but early, uh, one of the first lightweights, you know, like champions, you know, uh, poster boys for King of the Cage and, <laughs> and, uh, ADCC, you name it, cream of the, cream of the crop, t you know, top of the line, great person, dad, family man, uh, it's great to talk to you, man. Listen cancer up. survivor, <laughs> cancer survivor. Listen, I gotta forget that. Listen, um, Alberto and I have had a long history. We've known each other for a long time. We competed against each other. I've always respected Alberto. He's he's a, he's accomplished a lot in his career. He's accomplished a lot in his life. So it's uh, my pleasure. We've got to hang out a little bit before and just talk about just you know life and perceptions and and yeah. uh, we're gonna go deep, you know, into and so all these things Eric can already tell I was already excited before but then after talking to you just briefly I was like hold on we'll let's, let's save a little bit for the for the podcast um but uh you you're you're born in Cuba yeah we were born in Cuba I just I actually um ever since this, everything that happened that's been happening with Cuba it's been pretty you know I have a hard uh one of my blocks one of my own limitations is just using social media right like I, I always just have these ideas and i just kind of keep them to myself mm. that's kind of been you know when i was fighting i didn't want to teach anybody anything i was doing because then i would have to be dealing against mm. what, what what i was teaching right so i didn't want to do that and uh i have to learn to be a little bit more boisterous but yes like uh my mom gave me the full story because i didn't have a full understanding of how we got here mm. uh we did not float here on a raft apparently um, so I'll tell a quick story. So, so seeing what's happening. Cause I remember Cuba, always, I always see like born in Cuba, Yeah, but you know, yeah. yeah. So my, it's, it's really emotional for me to, to watch my people, um, suffer. It, it, I, I, and I, and I thank God that, that my family was able to get out. Right. So the way we were able to get out was apparently my great grandfather was a, was a Puerto Rican. And we used that to get us out. And everyone always asks me, did you come on a boat? Did you come on a boat? I'm like, actually, no, I, I don't remember coming on a boat. I came on a plane. And they're like, plane? There's no planes. Like, yeah, I found out why there was no planes, apparently. Because my great-grandfather was Puerto Rican, there was a special charter that was sent for my family and a hand, like a few other families. That wow. was it. So it was an empty plane, essentially. Wow. And then that got us out and got us here legally. So we were legal. So... Um, you know, everything that's going on with immigration, everything, it's, it's pretty infuriating to some of us who, who made it here legally. My, my, my sister was, my mom was pregnant with my sister when we wow. applied, when we applied to get out. When my sister got on the plane to get out of Cuba, she was 14. It took us 14 years to get out of there. And, wow. I, and I was four. Wow. So um, to see what's happening right now, it's 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 tough to watch and then to watch people in Cuba suffering and have you be been back to Cuba? I have not. I've been wanting to go but 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 now learning more of what's happening like how could you go back? Why would you want to go back? Mm. I don't think there's there's you know at some point I want to go back. I'm the first Cuban to ever have a jiu-jitsu black belt. I don't think anybody's been before me. Frank Muir's Cuban, but I got my black belt before he did. So I feel a link to Cuba 
and I feel um, in some ways responsible to, to, to bring jiu-jitsu to Cuba, right? Um, but it's, it's frustrating to see these people suffer. It's frustrating to... to, to you watch that four-time uh, gold medalist, uh, the Greco-Roman, mm -mm. Cuban wrestler? This I, week, I, okay. You haven't been following. No, no, Olympics. I haven't followed. I have my own. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not following <laughs> the Olympics because there's a lot of nonsense going on yeah, in the yeah, Olympics yeah, that sure, I'm not a big sure. fan of. So, um, I'm focusing my energy on other things and trying to stay positive in other ways. Like, again, what it, what you let into your mind is what's going to remnant in there when when you're not paying attention and subconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, there's certain things I want to be okay with letting in, and there's other things that I'm not allowing in. But mm -hmm. to 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 watch, you know, the, the United States say you're going to be turned away when you're Cuban. So Cubans are no good. They're no good for the country. But yet everyone else is coming into the southern border. Uh. It's infuriating to me. And it's very insulting to me that, that my people are not being let in under a communist dictator. It's, it's, it's pissing me off, quite frankly. Yeah, it's tough. So. Just so many stories, you know, crazy stories. It's, um, Yeah. What, what, what's going on right now, especially with Cuba and in Cuba, it's, um, I feel helpless. Yeah. I feel helpless. And, and, uh, you still it, have any family there? Uh, if I do, it, it's very minimal. Most of us are out. Most of my family, my, my close family. My, you said have, your great-grandfather, grandfather? Th this is my great-grandfather, my mom's, wow. my mom's wow. grandfather. So okay. somehow so Probably all his lineage kind of was able to get out. Yeah, they're Puerto Rican, apparently. So I, I, I just talked to my sister. I'm like, you know... I, do we have any family in Puerto Rico? Mm. Like, right? So, um, you know, I haven't really had time to, to, to research deep into my family, right? But uh, but I'm, I'm getting there. As I'm getting older, I think I'm becoming more ready to to kind of look into stuff like that, which really didn't matter to me at the time. You know, for um, much of my life, I was just focused on one thing, being the best fighter in the world, right? So, so like, that consumed my life. That's where I put all my attention. That's where I put all my energy. And, then and when did that start? How old? Did you start wrestling? Ooh. Yeah, I was. I started wrestling when I was uh, in high school. When I was a sophomore in high school, and then when I got in there, I'm like, "Where's the ring? Where are the ropes?" Right? So I'm thinking pro wrestling, but yeah, it, yeah, it ended yeah, up being yeah. you know collegiate wrestling, which I ended up falling in love with. And I wrestled in high school, and I wrestled at a junior college. I graduated from junior college. I had a chance to wrestle Division One, and I started. That's when I started jujitsu. Okay. I I, uh, I was going to. Uh, I had a choice, right? I could I could have kept my education with no real like, I didn't know what the, what I wanted to do. I had no plan. Or I could just start jujitsu, which is what I really wanted to do, and 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 see where it took me, right? So I, I wasn't thinking I was gonna fight on TV at the time. You know, I just I just wanted to learn. You fell in love with it. I mean, yeah. like, even if you fought on TV, there was no money, right? <laughs> there was times. no money. There was no money at the time. <laughs> on pay per view, you're like you know, a couple there's hundred no bucks, or there, yeah, there's no money. One and one, a thousand, a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's big time, right? That's yeah, big that time. was big time, right? So. So we, I never fought for money. Money was not the motivating factor. Being the best is the motivating factor, right? So after I got done fighting, it took me a couple years to, to really find myself again. And what did, what did, going back to, I don't want to go too much far back, but like jujitsu, like what did you love about jujitsu compared to like wrestling, for example? Um, I think, I think uh, when I was wrestling, I, I was, they called me, my coach was telling me I was a Thomas Edison because I was just trying to reinvent mm. all the moves, rechange the moves, and you tell me do it one way. I'm like, yeah, but I like to do it this way better. There's no limits in jiu-jitsu. Mm. You can no be on your limits. back, you can be on top. You can There's be. no restrictions. You can do whatever you want so long as it works. So I like those rules. I like the rules of whatever works. and Cut out the fat, mm. trim the fat, right? Mm. So 
Um, the way I teach my jiu-jitsu is I don't teach any fat. If it's not for fighting, it's, it's, it's not for self-defense. If it's not for, not, you know, preventing from getting your head smashed, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's guys out there who are creative and do all kinds of, all kinds of things. And for me, it's, it's, I can appreciate it and I can respect it, but if it, it's not going to get added to the master plan if it's not for fighting. If it's not for self-defense. Yeah, we'll talk about later. And, like, it was super impressive. You showed me on the iPad, like, all the stuff that your mind is, you know, been, I mean, it's been it's been a long process. But, it's uh, a long process. Yes, yeah, uh, you've been thinking about it. But then some some of the adversities you've come over, like, I, I could see the shift, like we were saying. Yeah. You've gone to the quantum level with uh, yes. your curriculum and how you think about yes. jiu-jitsu. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the, the curriculum is going to blow everyone away. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about it for such a long time, but... I didn't realize it was, it's such an in-depth project. And it's, mm-hmm. I think when, when I do release it and I'm hoping to release JVOS by the end of this year, I think people are going to appreciate the amount of detail and the amount of um, awareness mm. that I'm going to bring to everyone. Mm. There's certain things that are just hidden right in front of you and you can't locate it or see it. Um, I go deep into connection and what connection is and how to apply it and the tools for connecting and the tools for disconnecting and, um, you know, philosophical strategies and, and psychological, what you're doing to your opponent psychologically. Mm. I know how to bake you. I know how to mentally fatigue you. I know how to mentally break you. There are patterns in jujitsu, which I call baking patterns. I can just put you in that pattern over and over and over and making you struggle if I can get you to rev at 9,000 and I can rev at 2,000 and we go for 10 minutes, who's going to be more tired? Yeah. So there are patterns within jujitsu that, that um, and these are tools, right? Baking is a tool. Baking patterns are a tool. They're fatigue generating tools. There are ways to fatigue people where you're not working as hard as them. Yeah. Right? So we'll talk about the, I definitely want to hit all the points on the, yeah. the strike. Is it, you call it strike base or JV? JV? Yeah, right now, I, I'm JV jujitsu. JV jujitsu. So how did you how did you start fighting? You wrestled in you know high school college. You start, found jujitsu. It was crazy here because we were just we saw Joey Alvarado downstairs, yeah. right? And uh, it's crazy here. <laughs> it was crazy here. Like okay, so so fighting fighting back when I started, I started I was a blue belt. I'd been training. I got my blue. I got At my some blue tennis court or something, right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a backyard. Backyard. It was a backyard. Okay. So so um. This was back in 1998. My first fight was 1998. I was a blue belt. I've been training about six months. I did. Um, I got my belts relatively quickly. I got my black belt in five and a half years, which is very fast for the time in particular. Mm-hmm. It was very fast. But I got my blue belt after six months, and uh, we're like, ah, we're gonna go to some fights, and and uh, it was it was open hand. It was pancreas, which is slap fighting, okay. basically. Okay. With no gloves though, but. Uh, I, I, I watched the first one a friend of mine fought and wanted it and then the next one I did and I'm like I can do this these guys these guys where, can't where stop. was this at this was in Torrance Torrance neutral okay. grounds it was okay. called neutral grounds neutral grounds yeah so then I ended up I did one fight and then I won and then I got put into uh, an eight man tournament and then I had um, three, three fights, fights in one, in one day mm-hmm. so I, I I did two fights um, I, I I submitted my first opponent which is a friend of mine. Um, a, a really good college division one wrestler who's a friend of mine, uh, Sean Kim. And then um, Kenny Kellenberger, who was like a purple belt at the time, almost a brown belt. I was a blue belt. So I beat Kenny Kellenberger in the second round. And then I fought uh, Victor Hunsaker in the finals. And I was exhausted. It was 15 minute war in the second fight. And uh, I ended up losing a decision to Is Victor. that on your record? 
Uh, I believe it is. It's on your record. Cool. I believe it is. Yeah. It, it was. Pro, it was. Ama- it was amateur, but but it's yeah, on back my in those days. Yeah, those. It was. What was amateur? That was. Yeah. What was amateur? What was pro? Everybody was pro. There was no. There was no amateur. There was no amateur. There was no commission. There was no nothing. There was no. You know. There was no medical staff. Medical staff. <laughs> there was nothing. It was crazy, and um, you know you're in somebody's backyard. It was rainy. It so was, was in a backyard. The, the first one I went to, it was in a backyard, and the second one was in a warehouse. It was just an open warehouse. They just had uh, metal uh, foldable chairs, and it's like Street Fighter game. Exactly. <laughs> People cheering in the background. That was that was straight cal- up. <laughs> that was that was uh, M- it was NHB at the time, right? That right, was, right, that was right. NHB at the time, and uh, um, this is right. Right before it was completely off TV, I believe. Um, right around the time. Right around it, the time. It, it was right around the time. Either it just got cut off a of cable, or it was about to get cut off a of cable. Yeah, and you were there. weren't that many like high level jujitsu guys. You were, you were, you know, you weren't. You said you were fighting at blue belt, right? But just like good jujitsu guys, right? There weren't that many there, there, at the time. You know, there, there was, yeah. I mean, there were wrestlers or boxers or strikers. It was you know, still style against style, mm-hmm. right? And. Um, I think the reason, one of the main reasons I had early success, right, and I had and I had prolonged success, was because I had two thirds of the puzzle already right, kind right, of solved, right. right? I had nobody could stop me from taking them down. I was going to take you down, right? Somebody my size who's not a college level Division One wrestler, I was I was taking Division One yeah. wrestlers down. So yeah. you're going to get taken down, and then my jujitsu was way better than everybody else's on the ground. So I had two thirds of the puzzle. All I had to do was clinch, get to the cage, take you down, and then I was on top, and I could do that three times, right? Five minute rounds. I could do that three times all day long. You know, I could I could hit six takedowns in a fight. That's two takedowns around. I could do that no problem. So that was my mindset. Yeah, and you guys had a, you guys had a good team too. Like I'm right at the time, Romy Aram and I think we had one of the best teams in the world. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we literally there was a time where everybody went through our doors, and everybody got handed their ass on the way out. Like we had a very good team. We we're a very hidden team, but we got to train with everybody. And 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 we were you know. Where's some of the names? Because you know. Uh, Matt Linlin came through our doors. Dan Henderson came through our do- right, right, doors. Right. Baba Luso Brock before came he set up doors. his gym, right? Nate Quarry came through mm-hmm. our doors. Yeah, before he set up the Temecula gym. Um, uh, God, who else? I mean, you name who, who? The uh, who's, who's who? Uh, and then, back and then, in those days. Yep. Anybody who was a high level guy, king of the cage, would come through our, our doors. Thomas Denny would come through Thomas our Denny. doors. You know, um, anybody who was a who's who at the time came through our doors, and um, and. We had a lot of confidence because we saw what would happen to the guys that would come in the room. Mm. And I'm like, well, if these are the top guys and, 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 you know, this is what's happening in the room. Like it gave us good confidence that people weren't on our level and, and we, and we fought accordingly. Right. We fought with confidence because we were training hard. It's not like we, we were just, we were training harder than everybody. And we had a cage set up, one of the first cages set up that anybody had. So we right. had very good cage tactics. We have very good cage strategy because nobody had the advantage of having a cage. Yeah. So I didn't have a cage when we had we had our fight. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> we used a wall, you know. <laughs> yeah, wall. Yeah, but we had an, a huge enclosed mat, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it helped it us helps, with angles. Sure. It helps you with clinching. Space, it helps. space right? Yep. yep. Space management, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so yeah. At the time, it was um, it was wild, right? And um, I ended up. I, I, I literally tried to compete in everything I could. So when I was a blue belt, um, I think I did 16 tournaments. Or I, I won like 16 tournaments. I think I did like 17, 18 tournaments. BJ was one of the only guys that beat me, right? Right. Um, uh, 
then I got my purple belt. And then when I got my purple belt, I don't think I lost the purple belt match. And I think I won hey, like you're 12 times. You're, you're a superstar. And, and, you know, SoCal is where they had the tournaments too, right? right? So there's no right. other place really in the U.S. Right. So you it were like a jiu-jitsu superstar. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so and you won all the tournaments. I won everything, right? So then I got a brown belt. And then, like, I didn't lose that brown belt. And then... Uh, and then I was like two year, two and a half years at brown belt, which was my longest belt. Then I got a black belt. And then when I got a black belt, I, I competed in everything. It, mm. Like you name it. Like I've competed in EBI. I've competed in shooter. I, I mean, every type of rule set, I, my style has, has fared incredibly well with everything because it was designed for fighting. My style was designed to be not just for fighting, designed to not take damage and to mm. be the best fighter, to mm. fight in a particular way where you can neutralize every style. That's all I would do. I would watch film and I'd say, how can we adapt the style to beat this style? So I did. Mm. Yeah. And how did you meet Terry Troublecock, the king of the cage? How did that whole thing uh, start? It? Yeah, it was, that was that was crazy. Okay, so um, Batiste, you know Batiste Wansuri, right? Batiste, course, yeah. Batiste, uh, Batiste was actually a really good purple belt for a long time. He was a good teacher and he actually had a really good following and he was one of our main friends. So when, when I was a white belt, he, he actually ran it. We actually met each other in the wrestling room at Mount Sac where I was wrestling. Right. So he's like, man, you're, you're pretty good. It's like, you should try jujitsu. Right. So he was the first person I actually did a submission grappling round with. And I, and I got armbarred and I got triangle. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Right. And, uh, and I told him, I said, as soon as I'm done wrestling, I, I want to start jujitsu. So, Batiste was, was, was jumping around trying to find a place and he ended up uh, teaching at a place called cardio fit. Right. So it was, a, it was like a gym and then they had a, a, like a uh, like an aerobics room or something. And then that, they put a mat down and made it a mat room and mirrors and stuff. And uh, I believe Ted Williams was teaching there as well a little Ted bit. Ted Williams. Yep. And uh, and Terry owned a club. So that's how that's how that whole thing started. So then you owned like a fitness, like a like a uh, yeah, fitness club, like a fitness club, yeah. right? Like like yeah. a like a nineteen dollar fitness or whatever. Like like you can come in and work out. And what city was that in? That was in Rancho. Rancho. Yeah. Wow. That was okay. in Rancho. So um, so Terry was a club owner, and on the side he 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 put together a show, and I was the main event in his first show, and I fought a guy in in a tennis court, right? In Norco, <laughs> and uh, I mean. <laughs> You know, at the time, the, what, what was if there you at think, the time? If you think back, right? If you think back, you're like, man, I was fighting in a tennis court. I was I, fighting I, in a backyard. I, I did it all. I fought in New Mexico. Let me tell you, New, New, Mexico, New Mexico was the most profound fighting experience I ever had, right? It was the most unruly crowd against me. When, uh, we, when we fought, when we right? fought. Yeah. So that was such a huge learning experience for me and this huge thing like, wow, the crowd. I tried to not let it bother me as best I possibly could, and I stayed focused in, in, in the match. But but um, I can see how people can crumble under under those kinds of environments. But, yeah, it was crazy. It was it, We're fighting in tennis courts. Wind is blowing. Dirt's going in the ring. And, and it was a ring. Did you ever fight? You fought yes, in a ring. Yes, I fought in a ring. I didn't yeah. like fighting yeah, in yeah, rings. Yeah, of course. I felt it's dangerous. It's better for grapplers in the in the cage, you know. Yeah, you just, it, rings are always so dangerous because the guy can fall out. The guy can, can hold out. on, you know. Yeah, like it was so rings to me were so dangerous because now not only am I having to worry about the guy hitting me, now I got to worry about falling out. The bounce, right? Exactly. Too. The bounce off the off the cage, off the ropes and everything. So. So yeah, I ended up fighting there and uh, I had a super exciting main event and I ended up finishing the guy. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, I think with an arm bar or something. Then I did the Ric Flair strut. So then that, and, and, and I just did it just off the whim. And then everybody went crazy. I was just like, wow, that was fun, right? So um, how, how did the pink shorts start? The pink shorts uh, were actually, I had ended up tearing my ACL once before. The first time I tore it, it was after that fight. And I was supposed to fight, uh, I think, in like King of the Cage 2. And I ended up getting 
hurt, and then I ended up fighting like in King of the Cage three, mm-hmm. and um, leading up to that King of the Cage three fight, uh, I just got dared. Romy like dared me, and then uh, I'm like, I would wear pink shorts, and he goes, No, you wouldn't. And so I ended up doing that, and then bleaching my hair, and I did the ridiculous robe with the d- ridiculous hat and everything. I went all ridiculous, and then I mean that was the marketing, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, a, that's a it, everybody <laughs> remembered yeah the weird dude with the you know and i'm like wow that's pretty cool you know so i just kind of it just kind of stuck with me and i stuck with it and um just ran it for a little bit yeah man like our fight in new mexico that was uh that it was a it was a it was a big event right because it was like pay-per-view thing mm-hmm. and uh yeah and fought and fought uh uh in new mexico well not until the year that year before and they, they, the matchmaker, Chris Cordero at the time, mm-hmm. you know, so I remember I did my first event and then they knew I wanted to go against you because I, I was telling, <laughs> like, I felt like you were like, my perception was that you were like stuck up, right? right That's right. A, yeah. I was like, I've hey, how's it going? Got <laughs> I've gotten that. Yeah, I've gotten that. And, and, and really like I'm, I'm better than you. And, and you were talking about, you know, you're winning everything. So and this and that. But I was at the time I was in Brazil. And so I'd competed against the best in the world. And I was really at the top of my game, you know, in jujitsu. And so I was like, I felt kind of insulted. You know, I was like, oh, man. and you had no idea and then and then they 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 offered me a fight like in october or something like that and i was like "Ah, it's it's okay you know because it was like 300 bucks or whatever it was you know and and then they're like okay listen you can fight in december we'll pay the same thing but we'll get a give you a title fight (laughs) and and you they were you were like supposed to fight in the ufc at the time i think Um, well that you were you were gearing up you were gearing gearing up up for sure right i I mean you know i I kept fighting because I wanted to fight in UFC. Like, right. uh, you had a I, contract too, probably with the King of the Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. But a, uh, but like it was kind of a you know like how the promoters and all that. I don't I don't know the whole the whole story, right? But just my uh, and then and then I had good trainers, right? Greg Jack Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn and like I don't know if you know, but they were like video videoing you when you were like in Arizona warming up and some of the tech stuff you were doing, like, and they, they came back and they were, were studying it and we were studying, it was crazy, man. That hot level. And you know that, what, what's that movie, um, uh, Warrior? Did you see that MMA movie, Warrior? Yeah, yeah I don't remember much of it, but, but yeah. it's based on Greg Jackson because they oh, have like really? classical music and because I stayed with, he put he put so much, you know, we were talking about how much time and effort he put, in, he believed in MMA, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he put, he let guys stay in his house. I remember he had, a, he had like a little daughter at the time, baby, you know? It's crazy how much commitment he had, you know? And so anyway, like, that was going into that, you know? And, of course, we now, like, later on, they had in the UFCs, like, guys training on the top of the mountain, and you know? But you were coming in, too, from, like, sea level, right? And it wasn't, you were like, oh, it's, it's okay, right? You don't really think it's that important, I you was know? training in Big Bear for that Oh, fight. you were? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still a little bit different, right? Yes. It's different, you know? Yes. It's different, you know? Like, because I, I lived in Santa Fe, which was, like, 7,000 feet, and then... Albuquerque was like five. It was a mile high, at least, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I was well aware of the problem. I, I knew that that was a problem. Uh, so you you trained in Big Bear. You I trained. Really I okay. overtrained. Okay. I overtrained in Big Bear, but yes, <laughs> I, I I was a notorious overtrainer because I didn't. What's the fighter's number one fear? Didn't, you didn't do enough. Getting know? tired. Getting tired. You don't want to get tired in a fight because once you get tired, everything goes out the window. So I was always a very big proponent, which is funny because my nutrition was so bad, right? So my nutrition is, is so much better now. If I, if I would have known about how much of a difference it would have made, I don't think I would have ever gotten tired because your body runs on uh, a more premium fuel. 
Mm. Right. And it, and it's you take not, for granted when you're younger, right? Of, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of the fuel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I won two world championships on Del Taco and Taco Bell. Right. That's what I tell people. But it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because what if I didn't? That, that's it. Right. Like all these Brazilian, all the Brazilian friends of mine, like, you know, like UFC champs, even right. They're like the stuff they eat and how they cut the weight, you know, yeah, like all this, the all these guys like super precise with how they cut the weight. And these guys are like, just, you know, totally like whatever, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, you know, my jiu-jitsu is better. So. Del Taco, yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, going through what I've been through and noticing the difference and not just how you feel, mm. right? Of course, you're going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're not going to be so sluggish. There's that feeling. But more importantly, how you think mm. and your awareness around you and your intuitive connection of what you feel inside registers what you feel and what you think is your reality, right? So when you eat right, when you have good nutrition, when you have a good detox program, you become more present with your body and you're able to sense things. And when you become more present with your body and you become more present with your breath, the world changes. That's, that's, that's deep, man. That's, that's it, you know? Yeah, so, so I felt this huge shift in my jujitsu and my perception and um, it, it's almost like the ability to slow time. like after When you start to clean up your diet with, the, with cancer and everything else, yeah. especially? Yeah. So, so yeah, you got to... Okay, so, okay, so people don't really understand. I don't think doctors understand. No, they don't. Uh, what they cancer don't. is, right? So you, you have to understand what con- cancer is. Cancer is... Think of the atmosphere. Uh you're, the environment of the atmosphere, if, if, the, if, 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 if it's polluted, it's going to pollute you. So cancer is bred in, there's cancer cells all over your body. But if the environment is clean, if the environment is alkaline, if the, the cancer won't survive. It's, the environment does not allow the cancer to survive. But so what happens and is. this is like, this is crazy powerful because like. The doctors aren't telling you, like, oh, you eat whatever, do whatever. They, they, no. There's no guidance, you know? No, 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 no. Yeah, because they don't understand what cancer is. Okay. But somebody that's gone, that's had cancer and feels it, and, you know, somebody that, not not just that, but your background, like jujitsu, you know, fighting and all that, gives you a special awareness, sensitivity. Yeah. Sensitivity. That others don't have, you know? Right. So so cancer is, an, is, is bred in an environment. So if you're eating the wrong things and you're breathing the dirty air and, and, and you're not, and you're taking drugs and you're drinking and you're polluting your body with toxins, 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 and you're not helping your body get rid of the toxins, those toxins build up and it breeds an environment of acidity. That is the type of environment that breeds cancer growth. Now, every drug is liver toxic. Cancer is two things, deficiency and toxicity. The first one I'm talking about is toxicity. So cancer is a toxic uh, disease. And based on the environment that you're creating, it starts to sprout. Now, what creates that environment? It could be negative emotions. It could mm. be stress. It could be uh, the food you're eating, the, 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 the food you're drinking, the drugs you're taking. They're trying to cure a toxic disease with a drug that is toxifying your body. They're never going to find a cure for cancer, ever. The cure for cancer has been around since the 1920s. It's proper diet and the Gerson therapy. End of story. Gerson therapy. Chip, the, chips off. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right the, the, the Gerson therapy cures cancer. Now, the solution is there. 
It's there. It's proven. I've already proved it. I got rid of my cancer in three months. Three months, there was no sign of anything after surgery. Okay? So you're replacing your body. You're, you're, you're rebuilding your body with healthy cells. This is at a cellular level that you're rebuilding your body. So you give the body the nutrients that it needs, and your body rebuilds. Your body sheds itself every seven years. You're rebuilding a new body every seven years. So for, for two years, you're cleansing your body, and you're rebuilding your body, and you're getting rid of that toxic tissue, that toxic environment, and you're essentially purifying the air, your atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Once that uh, atmosphere is clean, the cancer can't grow. Now, if you go back and revert back to your old habits and your old eating styles and your old lifestyle and the stress and everything else, it comes back. So it's not just getting rid of, but it's maintaining and being disciplined. Your mindset, how you, how you feel, right? Yep. How the you control. think about food. There's a relationship with food that most people don't have. People want easily accessible, fast uh, food, uh, food that's already prepared for them. There's a certain mindset when you're preparing your food. There's a certain thought process. So food with love tastes better, right? They say that. Is this, there's a reason why we say grace, right, before you eat. Yes. These traditions. Yes. Um, what you speak into the world um, becomes real. People don't realize that. And not only what you speak into the world becomes real, what you think. Mm -hmm. into, uh, with the thoughts, you're, you're a constant uh, antenna. Mm -hmm. You're a constant... Uh, you're an antenna. Yeah. You're projecting your thoughts. You're projecting your energy. So when you walk into a room, you can you're feel taking it out and you're receiving and as you're well, right? You're receiving as well. The pineal gland behind the ear. Yes. So what's happening is the more toxified your body becomes, that connection becomes murky. Mm. So when you clear through your nutrition, your atmosphere, it's direct, it's linear, it's it's present. It's you're getting clouded. It's, yes, it's not blurry. cloudy. It's not blurry anymore. It's it's more precise. You can see better. You can feel better. You can think better. You can think clearly. Solutions come to you. You sit there. You think about it. Poof, the solution comes. It's crazy. That's the way we're supposed to live. So the food that we're eating is is poisoning us, and it's breaking that connection, and it separates us more and more from God and brings us into this world. From each other, from yourself, right? right. You have to live through the Spirit. They say Christians say you got to live through the Spirit. The best way to live through the Spirit is to be connected to God. You have to be connected to God. How? You have to purify your body so the connection is clear. So this is not a religious rant. This is just what I've experienced yeah, You see, like life. the guys in Africa or, you know, uh, native cultures, right, where they have to hunt their food, right, mm -hmm. and actually get the animal and they're just so grateful and there's yes. a certain process, right? Yeah, there's a there's a process because I mean, if you have to kill an animal to eat an animal, it's one thing. If you just go to the store and pick it up, that's something completely different. You're completely disconnected from the animal suffering, what it went through, how it was raised. Like people aren't don't realize that. What it hormones it's been injected, everything that's that that's injected into an animal is toxic. And if you're not helping your body get rid of it, it stays in you in at a cellular level. And you have enough. I want to hear your thoughts because I know you have like your awareness is much higher because of all the, all the things you've gone through now. Um, just from, you know, like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, organic, non-organic. Do you eat chicken or do nope. you all of it? You're vegetarian. Vegan. Vegan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, I eat minimal tofu, very little. That's like a cheat, right? Um, I eat beans. I eat legumes. I eat, you know, I do five juices a day. Um, Still, you, I, you maintain that lifestyle. Yeah, that's because when is I was a at Chips, uh, so he was funny. Like Scott, that's funny, but it, Scotty was like, "Yeah, most people. Well, you get when they're there at the hospital, they they give them, the, they juice them, they get them the the the, the food, right? 
But when they go home, right, they probably revert back to what they did before, right, or something like that. You have to change your lifestyle. And uh, but there, they're able to, you know, be disciplined because they, that's all they have, yeah. right? Yeah, but because you're more and, targeted. And your I focus mentioned you, like how you healed yourself, um, and with your discipline and your, you know, how you did it, and it, even afterwards, you. This is your. This is your way of life. This is how you do it. They don't tell you that at the beginning. They don't tell you. They say two years, and then you go into a maintenance protocol. But the maintenance protocol has a lot to do with the same. It's the same lifestyle. And you, how do you feel? You know, putting these things in your body, like you just mentioned it, but how do you feel, right, after after all these? That's how you think. Right, Ch- which changes how you think, right? <laughs> how you think. That's how you think of the world. Know that what you're thinking now is going to be created. You're creating it currently. So what you focus on now, you're going to have. I know what I'm focused on. You know, I asked you, like, oh, is that, you know, can I get you some coffee or whatever? And you're like, no, just water. And I was like, right on. That's yeah, it. I don't, no sugar, no nothing. Like, I have my little cheats, but, like, you're going to be like, that's a cheat. I'm going to be like, that's a cheat. Like, people just, they're disconnected from their food. Mm-hmm. They just eat what's good. They don't realize what it's actually doing. What keeps you, what keeps you focused? What keeps you uh, maintaining this, this lifestyle? Like, There's no other way. What's my alternative? I'm already susceptible. What right. were some of the things you went through? Like, I remember I, I was really following you like intensely when you were going through the thing and how you had you know, pains in your stomach and yeah. like you were just like you, like, you don't know what was going on. Disconnected from my body. Mm-hmm. Could you, could you share some of that, that experience? Um, when you first started to see, know that there was something wrong. I was disconnected from my body. Mm-hmm. My body was giving me the signs and I was ignoring the body. Like, you know, they say, um, you have a headache. What do you do when you go have a headache? Go get an aspirin. Yeah, an aspirin. Tylenol, you're telling yeah. your body to stop. You're telling your body to cut it out. You're not resolving the problem. You're masking the problem. Mm-hmm. You get a headache. What that's telling me is that there's too much toxicity in my body. I go do an, a coffee enema. Mm-hmm. Oof, headache's gone. Done. End of story. The toxins are out of the system, and it's over. Interesting. So so the, the, the way you think about health, the way you think about, like right now, I can tell... I'm very connected to my body. I can see it. I can see it. Your body will tell you what's wrong. You can see it. You just got to ask. You got to close your eyes and just think about it. I talk about this in, uh, in breath work. Breath work is one of the, the, the tool sets of JVOS. And I started riding my bike for, for meditative reasons. I started riding. I just got a new bike. I'm putting it together. I'm painting it. I'm going to put it on my nice. Instagram. It's going to blow you guys away. Um, and... Um, I started, you know, I, I ride in a very hilly area, and uh, I got into Wim Hof and Wim Hof breathing, deep nice. breathing, you know, inhaling the air. Mm-hmm. And not only is it good for meditative, but it's good for recovery, right? So I do the breath work as I'm rolling as well when I need to recover. But I also do it going up the hill, and I started thinking of the lactic acid building in my legs, and you can feel it being pulled and extracted through your breath. So if you think about it coming off, it will. It's crazy. What you focus on actually is doing something. It is actually doing something. People don't where think you, it's where doing your anything. intention goes, your energy, yes. the energy flows, right? Yes. Uh, you know, recovery, saying all like it's so funny that we're, we're I was like, we're on, we're on the same line with all our, you know, things that happen to us, you know, in the tack fit, right? Like it's a yeah. recovery based system. Yeah. And you're saying all like we're all saying the same. It's this. Truth is truth. Things. Truth is truth. Um, you know, I. I 
I've always done things in my jujitsu and in my life a certain way, right? Work hard and 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 you know the, the Dan Gable mindset. I was yeah. a very big yeah. Dan Dude, Gable me fan, too. Me too. right? So work hard, outwork your opponent, and you'll right. break them. But right. I believe there's a more efficient way to do it. But the mindset still works, and um, uh, the the commitment, right? Surrendering the to commitment. the process, surrendering the, to the process. When yeah. I when I when I Discipline. saw you with yeah, when I saw you with the you know the process of the. You doing the Gerson therapy, Gerson therapy, mm-hmm. uh, man. I was like, you're committed, you know. And that was my, that was the feeling I got when I when I saw How you. And that was powerful that? to me. That was super inspiring. And that's what engaged me. I was like, he's in, he's in. He's how, committed. How you do know? you? How else can? Gerson is too difficult. It was like a, to like not. A, you have a fight coming up. You're committed to that. You're committed, right? We're here to. G- well, not just a fighter, but like a champion fighter. Are we here to win? or Are we here to take second place? We're here to be the best. I wanted to be the best fighter. I want to be the best teacher. I want, when, 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 when my legacy is written, he was the best, mm. one of the best, in the conversation of the best. That's all I care about. That's all I care about in my life, whether it's teaching, whether it's recovery, whether it's my mindset, whether the best. There's no second place. I don't want to be in second place. Right? Where, where does that come from? I don't know. I don't know. It's just... That's just always been the mindset. There, there, Do you have there, like a, a family member or a, a somebody you growing no, up that you looked there was, looked up to? Uh, no, there was there was a breakthrough moment for me in my wrestling. Um, my my college coach or my high school coach, he ended up being my college coach as well. Wow, okay. Um, I didn't believe in myself, right? So I had all this talent when I was uh, my first my second year of, of wrestling. I had a huge transformation between my junior and senior year. Huge transformation, and that in, in high school. Mm-hmm. And that was just simply in belief. I remember I, w- I should have placed in, in, in CIF tournament my junior year, and I just lost focus, and I don't know what happened, and I lost. And he goes, you're afraid to win. Mm. I'm like, afraid to win? And I was afraid to win. I, I didn't feel I deserved to win. And from that moment you're on, not good I, enough. I wasn't good enough. The other guy should get the reward, not me. And that was a huge mental block that was a wall that was knocked down. And then it's like, well... Now I want to be the best. So then it just shifted my whole focus. It shifted my mindset. I would visualize my opponents running in front of me. On, on I would run every night, right? And I would visualize my opponent in front of me, and I would sprint to catch yeah, him. That's, and, and that's that's yeah. that's powerful because it's like yeah. you can be passive about it, right? Or you can fight. Like, no, I'm gonna fight to be the best. Why yeah. else are you gonna fight? Yeah, you're fighting for your life. Like <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't fight, I didn't fight the win. And then win. you go to the cancer, right? It's like, it's like, like you're fighting same to win, mindset. you know? Yeah, we're, we're not fighting for thing. second place. So the biggest thing about Gerson, there's you're several things. Win. There's yeah. several things about Gerson, right? There's several things. The diet itself works. There's no question. You go to Chipsa for two weeks. You go to these places for two weeks, and everyone then your juices and everything's prepared for you. And you're, man, you could be there. You feel different. Yeah, it's great. It works. There's no question. It works. The problem is, can you do it on your own? Can you do it at home? Mm. And the biggest problem is time. Can you, I've refined the Gerson therapy to where I save time. Time is, a, is an uh, asset in Gerson. It's your biggest detriment. You're on, you're on your feet 12 hours a day. You're on your feet all day long. So time is, is something that if I can save you two, three hours a day, you're going to want to listen to that because you're, that's two, three hours a day that you're standing. So if I can do it through prep work, if I could do it through a systematic way to make the juice, if I could do it through a systematic way of doing the supplements, if I could do it through a systematic way of my food prep and my, my, my recipe combinations, if I could do it that way, I'm going to do it that way because time is just, it's so time intensive. 
Well, so of course, right? That's why with, your, quit. with your background, right? That's so why people how, quit. How can you share that? What's uh, how can you share that uh, that knowledge? Oh, Help people that are you know it's, it's life or death, right? Um, well, I, I, I'm, always, I'm, I'm, I'm always op- I'm always open to conversation, right? And eventually, I wanted to make the videos. I, I'm just so overwhelmed with mm. you see what I'm my, the project that I'm doing. Yeah. But yes, I definitely want to write books. I definitely want to get all this stuff done because I I, I feel that. Uh, I'm always open. People message me all the time on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff. And can you help my friend? Can you, what can you recommend? Can I give tips and stuff? And, I, and I'm always open to help or I'll at the very least refer them to the people th- through the Gerson Institute that, that have helped me. Mm. And, um, but I'm, oh, I, I want to share the message and, 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 and um, that you can, you can you heal can yourself. Yeah. You, you can heal yourself. Um, that Gerson can be, can be modified to save time and you can still get the job done that that whatever you put your mind to you 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 can achieve if you stay disciplined right you can't achieve anything without discipline everybody who wants to be on a diet they go to the gym for two days and they quit the diet no you go to the gym whether you want to be there or not you show up there's plenty of days where i didn't want to show up to practice and i showed up and i took my licking that that day that's just the way it is sometimes you're the hammer sometimes you're the nail but you always show Show up. up yeah you always show up and in life, people, it's so easy just to oh, let the government take care I was of talking, you. I was talking about Simone. Uh, Simone uh, uh, Biles. Biles. She didn't do the things. And I was talking to my wife and all you know, all my friends, my um, this group chat, my Brazilian friends from back in the day. And it's like, you know, as a as a fighter, as a, you know, as a, that wire mindset, it's like, man, maybe it's not going to be your day no matter what, but you still show up. And if you don't place, but you showed up, right? You took somebody else's spot. Let me tell you something. I, you I took somebody else's spot, right? I did. I, when I was wrestling, the proudest, some of the proudest achievements, medals that I had, were the ones I took third. Mm. You know how you take third? Third place guy is always the guy who has the toughest ride. Right. The most matches. The most matches. The toughest matches. You got to fight your way back through the consolation bracket. You, you already got beat once, so you have to bounce back from that you from adversity. Get, and still get I have a lot of thirds. I have a lot of thirds. Sometimes I was beaten by guys that are better than me and ended up winning the tournament. Mm. And sometimes um, uh, I lost based on dumb decisions. And I had to recover from my dumb decisions, my own dumb choices, and had to fight back through the bracket and get my third. And those are the moments I'm most proud of because you get kicked down. You lose. You lose confidence. You lose the fact that some people lose and they completely break. Break, yeah. They fall completely, apart. they fall, fall apart. apart. Once they're broken, they're broken. Mm-hmm. Man, every fight is an individual battle. You got to forget what's happening and be present in that moment. Biggest opponent is ourselves, right? Dude, <laughs> I, 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 I've had conversations, conversations with friends of mine that, that are friends of mine, right? That, 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 that we've competed against and they tell me, I was I'm so afraid of you because, you know, I, every match that you have against me, it's not going to be easy. I'm going to make it as difficult for you to beat me as humanly possible. Every second of every round, I'm going to make your life miserable. Just know that that's my mentality. And that's how you break people. Because I'm able to keep that mentality the whole time. There is no breaking me. And if you do, you're damn good. Right? So if we're going to play a mind game of who can take more pain, let's do it. Let's do it. I've been through a lot of pain. Yeah. I've experienced a lot of pain. Surgery after cancer surgery, when they cut out, a foot of your colon, let me tell you, I've had over 20 surgeries. It's another level of pain. So, okay, you had, I watch, I guess I missed a lot of it probably, you know, but uh, I was watching, you know, you were talking about you had the pain, you were, you were very open. And you, so t- 
talk about that experience, you know, just yeah, to, man, oh so man. people understand what <laughs> you went through, you know, and man. to come out the other side and you keep going and you keep your, your discipline and your diet and your nutrition. I had seven, I believe it's seven to eight life changing events in one year, 12 months. I had seven li- things that would have broken anybody. One of those seven or eight things, I believe it's eight, uh, would have broken anybody. I had, I had uh, surgery for cancer, got diagnosed for cancer. It ended up being cancerous, a tumor, and then it ended up being cancerous. I ended up having to have surgery. It's a resection surgery. They take a foot of your colon, they cut it out, and they stitch you back together. Couldn't train. This is the longest I wasn't able to train at all. But even going, how, how, you were having cramps in your stomach? You were having, like, crazy pains in your stomach? No, okay. So, so, so let, me, let, me, let me go back to, to how it all happened. Yeah, I was traveling and teaching seminars, and every time I would, I, I was, I had noticed some signs before, but I was ignoring it because, again, I was, I had other issues. Totally whatever. disconnected. Of, and and now I'll get, I'll get better, I'll get better, tough it out, tough it out, right, tough right, it out, right. right? The mentality of get tough it out. And I ended up teaching seminars. And I was just in, 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 in just excruciating pain. I'm like, well, maybe it's something I ate. Maybe it's the travel. So I got back here. It happened a couple times on my trips. And then when I was here, I really wasn't paying attention to it. And then I went on one of the trips, man, and I uh, went to the East Coast and had to go to the, to the uh, I had to cut a seminar early. It was just, it was just wow. crazy pain. So I, I, I taught it like, like I, I cut it like 15 minutes early and I ended up going to an urgent care. Wow. And I went to the urgent care and I ended up uh, going to the restroom and I was, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. So then I came back home and then it happened again when I was at home. Went to the ER uh, they kept me over a little bit longer, ended up, um, it was just, it was just crippling. Doing, they were doing tests, but they didn't find anything? Yeah, so, so, so that they ended up doing a, 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 an enema to clear everything out, because mm. they, they, I think they knew it was constipation, right? Mm. And it, was, it ended up being constipation, so I'm like, oh my God, that was great. Even every, it was so, it was already so painful, and then to do the, the treatment, and there's more water in there, it felt like, it was, it was horrible, it was horrible. Got everything out, and I felt like a million bucks, I went, wow, they go, well, we got to keep you overnight for um, observation, and then we got to find out what caused them, like, good idea, yeah. <laughs> good idea, because I was thinking, go home, right? So, they ran, they did a colonoscopy, and then, then they ended up falling uh, 12, like 12 or 14 polyps, and one of them ended up being cancerous, and then um, then what, right? Then what? Okay, well, how do you fix it? It's cancer. Okay, well, how do you fix it, right? I, my, my mind was never was never to give up, right? My mm. mind was, how do we fix it? Oh, right. we got to remove it. Okay, great, let's do that. They removed it, got my doctor. I mean, I was still, like, walking was difficult, and bending was difficult. I was still in a lot of pain, like, two, three weeks after the surgery. Um, went to my doctor. I'm like, okay, now what? I'm thinking diet, They're like chemo. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing chemo. When I was doing research for fighting, I came across Charlotte Gerson, and they're like, oh, we can cure cancer. I'm like, oh, when you were fighting, you saw it, you saw it previously. I saw previously. God already planted that in my mm. mind. There's a solution. That's why I was like, oh, how do you fix it? Because I already knew that there was a solution, and I knew it wasn't chemo. So I ended up doing the research on the Gerson therapy, finding out who it was. It was Charlotte. Max Gerson developed the diet. Why did he develop the diet? And he's like, well, wait a minute. It fixes everything. It doesn't just fix cancer. You cannot treat individual symptoms. Gerson cures just about everything. 
I think, aside from brain cancer, because it's an inflammatory disease. What happens? Except for brain cancer. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know why, and I, and, and I ended up finding out why. Gerson is an inflammatory disease. My knee, when I was on Gerson, blew up like four or five times, and it felt better after. So it, it's an inflammatory disease. It sends the inflammation to wherever is lacking, mm. and then it fixes the problem. It inherently turns on your body's natural healing mechanism. How is it doing that? Through the nutrition and the detox. And your body will heal itself. No doctor is better than God. No doctor knows how to fix you better than you. All you got to do to heal is give it the right fuel. And your body and your mind will heal itself. I did meditation. I got into breath work. I got into meditation to, to be present with my body, to feel my body so it can help me heal. And God help me heal, right? Like the... Why, why doesn't it work for brain cancer? Because uh, brain ca it's an inflammatory disease. You're in a skull. If you, mm. you, you inflame the brain, you can have like a hemorrhage. Right. Because it's, it's, it's putting inflammation in your brain. So that's why. Mm. So, so there's a way that they, that they do it, but it's much more difficult to, to... It's different. It's different. It's different. Everything else is, you know... What are some alternative things that you can do for, for brain cancer? I, mean, I don't know. Okay. okay. I don't know. But, but I just know that... I asked the same question: Why brain cancer? But everything else is okay because it's inside of a, of a, of a skull. A, it's, it's inside yeah. of a. It's inside heart of some shell, yeah. heart shell. That's why. And then the pressure from that it, it creates problems apparently. But but everything else you're you're pretty unless you have that it cures pretty much everything else because you're changing your body from the inside out. You're healing from the inside out. The healing comes from your mind. It comes from the nutrition. It comes from you. You heal. I'm not waiting for a pill to heal. There is no such thing pill to heal. And then people try to sell you on this crap. You have to, ch if you want to heal your body and your mind, you have to change your behavior. You have to change, take self uh, responsibility, personal responsibility, change your behavior and uh, change your habits and the change people, your the lifestyle. People, the people you're around, if they're stressing you out or they're not good for you. I'm trying to. Or just not letting it bother you, affect you, right? Clear it. Roll with the punches. You got to clear it. Yeah. If people are, are in your life that are causing you too much stress, it's it's step back, clear it. Get back on that line. There's a path in life that's easier. I talked to you about yeah. the path in jiu-jitsu. There's a path in jiu-jitsu that's easier. It's, it's just such a, it's, it's much easier to go a particular way. So... You, you, you know, how long was the process of, you know, you basically, you know, I think it was your sister or somebody that, you know, helped you and you just, you focus 100% on mm -hmm. doing all the Gerson therapy in your house, mm -hmm. uh, stop, you know, you couldn't teach, you just focused 100% on that every day. How long was that process before you were able to go back on the mat? Uh, I started Gerson in, I believe, August. Four months, I opened up in the academy. Four months, I was cleared. I have to keep the diet. I have a juicer at the academy. So I, when I was doing nine to 12 juices a day, uh, my sister would be pressing juices while we're at work, and they'd bring it on to me in the mat, drink it. So I had two machines, one at the academy and one at the house. And then when I travel, which makes traveling is so much harder. Mm. So traveling is much harder. I got to bring my juicer. And you I bring juicer. Get, I got to have a hotel check it in, room. Check it into the, yep. the uh, bag. Yep. So it's got its own roller bag, and then uh, I got a, I got a, um, everything has to be systemized when mm -hmm. you're on Gerson. So when I travel, I take my juicer, I make sure I get a hotel near Whole Foods, 
I get the necessities I need, the greens. It makes I a need. difference, like if you get like organic, yes. like good quality yes. greens versus like you know spray yes. pesticide. Uh, yes, there's there's a reason. There's a reason. Okay, so let me explain to you why you have to do organic. Okay, so uh, like I mentioned earlier, because I I feel it. I feel it with my MS. If I if the difference, you know. Let me explain to you why, if you don't already know. Um, okay, so. Um, Gerson is two, or cancer is two things, toxicity and deficiency. Deficiency is the second one. I talked about toxicity, the air, the, your lifestyle. Toxicity is fairly, most people understand what's toxic in their life for the most part. Deficiency is the other problem. What's deficient? The food that you're eating is nutrient deficient. So your body's not hungry for food. Your body's hungry for nutrients. So if you're eating non-organic food, uh, they're nutrient deficient. Why are they nutrient deficient? Because when the when the plant is first planted into the ground and it's pulled out, what's coming out is the nutrients from the ground. If you're not able to recompost that, that back into the ground, at some point, there's not going to be anything more to pull from. So now the food that you're taking in is sprayed chemically with uh, basically three chemicals, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Those are the three major ones. But your body needs something like 56 nutrients to function. Okay, well, where are you getting the other 56? You're not. So now your body's running in a leak less you know capable way because it's not getting the nutrients even though you're eating this broccoli well one broccoli is organic and it has more nutrients mm. the other broccoli is nutrient deficient so you're eating the same bulk but the concentration of nutrition within the product based on the the lack of the restocking process mm. and the chemicals that the minimal uh the minimal um fertilizer that's put into the ground you're only going to get what you put in so if you're not putting in all the other nutrients, they're not coming out. So the whole food system is broken. This is a deep problem. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of go circumvent around it, but what happens when organic food becomes the same way? Mm. Right? Um, it's, pollu or it's polluted. It's or, polluted. Yeah. Our, our food system is completely polluted. So then you have chemicals in the food that, you know, make you more hungry make you have cravings like so now you're putting those toxins in your body that's your environment if you're not clearing that stuff out or you don't know how to how to detox that stuff out how many people detox nobody detoxes very few people detox especially you know that have a de detox protocol what's that what's the right detox uh protocol because i've I, you know i don't understand let me what do let you do to detox okay so what i do, what would i do to detox for example People There's talk about you know I'm a, I'm doing this detox, but I'm like, is it legit? Is it good? It's, it, yeah, but you're only detoxing for a certain amount of time. Then <laughs> until the next time, right, right, do, right, right, right. There, there has to be a consistent protocol mm. for detox, right? So I'll, I'll give you my example mm. of, of what I'm doing. So twice a day I do coffee enemas. Why do I do coffee enemas? Because the, the, there's, a, there's a chemical in the, in, the, in the coffee when the rectum is very highly absorbable. So whatever you put in there absorbs. So sometimes when people can't drink the juices, they put them up up the other direction and then the colon absorbs it when people are having vomiting when people with very severe cancer that can't take in the product they can't take in the juices which i didn't have luckily i didn't have that problem but when you put the coffee up the rectum it absorbs into the liver there's a palpitate that 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 that, that is, is an acid that, that 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 the liver produces to like a vacuum cleaner it goes through your bloodstream and picks up all the toxins your bloodstream, your, your, the blood circulates throughout the body. It takes about five minutes for the blood to completely circulate throughout the whole body. So we hold the coffee in them mm. for three minutes. So it, it, go, it does three cycles in your body, picking up all the free radicals. It goes in the liver, and poof, you blow it out. 
wow. on the other side. But I'm doing it consistently, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, twice a day. So my body is consistently getting rid of the toxins. They don't stick around. I am helping my body. You don't give, it, you don't give it a chance. I don't give it a chance. My body already is compromised. It cannot, the process of taking it out has been compromised based on the surgery that I have. So I have to help my body get rid of stuff. It, I can still do it naturally, of mm. course, right? but um, it's easier uh, the water helps the process and makes the process easier. I do that twice a day. Mm. Once a month, I do castor oil. This is the rough part. And this is where the discipline comes in. Castor oil is terrible. I take two tablespoons of castor oil, and then it sits in your body, and it pulls out all the toxins at a cellular level, and it cleans up your, your gut. Wow. So you're feeling terrible. Castor oil. And then I do a castor oil enema. Oh. Wow. And that's intense. That's very hard to hold. It's a, you're only holding it for 10 minutes. It's very intense and very hard to hold, but it pulls everything out. So once a month, I'm doing like a major detox. Plus, I sweat, and plus I go, I ride my bike, and I sweat, and I'm out in the sun. So there's that type of yeah. detox as well. But, but I'm not putting toxins in. I try to minimize the amount of toxins I'm putting in so it's easier for me to pull them out. So that's the lifestyle. That's the lifestyle. You want to live, you want to die. Right. It's a very simple black and white decision for me. So I do the best I can every day. Stay focused on the task every day. And it just becomes part of your life. And you get a rhythm and and um and uh I'm you know, I have my little cheats here and there and which you what's know a, what's one of your what's a cheat? You're just like, ah, oh, that's uh, a cheat. <laughs> a cheat for me. Uh slice of bread is a cheat. I can't really have bread. Um, you know, tofu is a cheat. Mm. Um, maybe I'll go and there's a place called uh, there's a place called Citrus Kitchen that makes like a really good Cajun tofu, mm. and I get black beans and white rice or nice. brown rice, or whatever. That's a cheat. Um, maybe Thai food, like like a Thai vegan place that I eat, and it's tofu. It's, it's the cheat. it's the consistency, right? And then once in a while, if you wanna if you wanna have a uh, splurge, right? 80-20. There you go. Eighty twenty. Eighty twenty. That's it. So I'm pretty pretty. Where you can be happy and enjoy life, right? You have to have your cheese. You, you have maintain, to have your rewards. You yeah. I mean, instead of having ice cream where it's milk, you know, have an acai, right? So you compromise. You find what works for you. Mm. You find the alternative that is healthier for you. Instead of focusing on what you cannot have, you mm. focus on what you can. Mm. So it's a mind shift. It's changing the way you think. Changing the way you think is what changes your life. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You start thinking of things differently. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do with my jujitsu. I'm trying to yeah. get people to think about it different. Think about the problem differently. And you will come up with a more efficient solution. You know, as you know, you know, all your experience fighting and jujitsu and and then I remember you were, you know, creating the, the strike based jujitsu and just some of the curriculum. I remember that, you know. Yeah. And uh then you, sh you showed me some of the mind maps and some of the thing the direction or I feel like, you know, just like high, more awareness, higher level, you know? And it was like, it's like just quantum awareness. quantum level, yeah, yeah of, uh, of, of how you think about things, you know? It, it, I don't think, I mean, one of these days we'll, we'll train together. Mm -hmm. And one of these days, if, 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 uh, if we ever get to share the mat. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's set um, it up. Let's have you come and do a, yeah. a seminar and then we'll, we'll, we'll hang out you're, a little bit before. And you're going to see how deep it, the rabbit mm. hole really goes. It's deep. Very deep hole. I think of it in nine different layers of information. Mm. Every position, every scenario, every problem, just know that there's nine levels of information uh, 
that I am thinking of or that have already been thought out and planned and routed as I start making my presentation. It's, I'm thinking on it on a very deep level. And why I'm making the choices I'm making, it's just not random. It's, mm. it's a very calculated and precise reasoning for my decision making. Can you go into it a little bit without uh, um, spending uh, a... <laughs> right, get the uh, iPad out. <laughs> let me get this out. Because, so so let, let, let me talk about layers of consciousness, right? So um, <clears throat> I, call the, I call these details in consciousness, right? So common consciousness... Because you have a strike-based shirt on, right? Yep. JV, JV Jiu-Jitsu. Yep. Mm -hmm. So common details in consciousness. When you learn to move and when most people teach you move, they're, they're, really, they're really looking at two different levels of information. They're looking at the path, Right. And then they're looking at projected battles. This mm. might give me a little problem here. This might give me a little problem there. Go. <laughs> Go do it. That's what most people commonly will look at when they're teaching a move. These two base la layers. You have to know the direction you're going, the basic path, mm. the basic direction. And then basically, these are the problems you're going to have. The way I look at it, through the lens of JVOS, I look at it a little bit differently. I look at it through the level of JVOS. I identify crucial battles. I understand how to win those crucial battles. Crucial battles are incredibly important. You have to know which battles you cannot lose in order mm. to, to go backwards. You come to a roadblock, you have to win or go around the roadblock to go forward to get to the next Choose step. your battles. Choose your battles. I, I call those crucial battles. <clears throat> you have to understand how to optimize control. How am I controlling? Every time I make contact with mm. you, I understand the basic mechanics of your body and I understand exactly how to distribute my weight based on connection, right? I also figure the decision-making process, I make sure that I'm generating fatigue. There's a way to generate fatigue from the top and the bottom. On the bottom, the mindset, the shifting of the mind from the bottom to create fatigue is very interesting. You have to maximize efficiency. And finally, my goal is to generate behavior. Hmm. So I am thinking at it on a very deep philosophical and psychological level of why I'm making these specific choices. If I know the battles, if I know the crucial battles and the positions that I'm shooting to, and you don't even know the position, so I'm going to shoot to a position, and I understand the crucial battles, who's going to win that battle nine out of ten times? I'm not saying I'm, you're going to stop it every time or you're going to win it every time, but I am playing a numbers game. 80% plus, I want to win these battles if from these positions. I'm going to have success. That's how I think of it. That's how I've created the entire path of every yeah, it's, position. It's amazing, you know? It's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited so to... Yeah, hopefully you uh, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's a lot of you know. Showed me a bunch, bunch of those, bunch of those pages before before we started talking. Yeah, I uh, I just see things different. Mm. You know, being aware and being present, connection. That's what I focused on when I was sick. How do you train jujitsu when you're sick? How, what was I focusing on when I couldn't move? When I couldn't walk? I couldn't walk. My mom was holding my hand. We we're walking around the building. My mom would walk with me. Every you think? Hickson said a word. I did a seminar with him years ago. He said the word connection. I was like, what is connection? Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I understand what it is. So I'm like, okay, so if being connected is good and being disconnected is bad. Okay, how are you connected all the time? I call that fundamental stability hmm. from everywhere. There's a, a way to create tension everywhere and a way to maintain tension everywhere and if i can main my maintain tension on you that means you're burning even when i'm resting you're burning now how am i able to rest while you're burning 
structure, frames. I'm going to frame something. I'm not going to fight something where I'm, I'm fighting and you're fighting. I'll frame it in a particular way. And then you can squeeze as hard as you want. I'm framed. Mm. Now I'm safe. Mm. Now you're cooking and I'm not. The longer I can endure that, the longer I'm making those movement to movement, moment to moment, I am building carbon dioxide in your body. I talk about this in breath work. There's something I call a recovery breath. You've taken that recovery breath where you're so tired, you disengage from your opponent and you, your body's completely able to relax and that pulls the carbon dioxide out from the deep muscle and throws it out. I don't let you do that. I keep that carbon dioxide. I prevent you from taking that recovery breath. And the longer I do that, the more tired you become. Cool. I want to teach me. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> crazy. Me. It's crazy. So, so all of these things started coming to me. And the information overload, that's why I started making all the maps. And I started writing everything down. And I started to, to, to JVOS came to me in pieces. Into, you know, it started off like with 10 concepts. Mm. And now it's like 50 concepts. Mm. And then I started to group them into groups because the concepts kind of went together. Mm. So that's why there's nice. 12 groups. Nice, nice, nice. You feel like uh, we're kind of, I said it, like if it was a blessing in disguise, like some, like, I feel like some of my health things have been a blessing in disguise because they made me a better person. Yes. Do you feel the same? Yes. Um, it's a blessing if you take advantage of it. Mm. It's a curse if you don't change. Right? So life, you have to be, they say, like a willow tree that absorbs the change in the atmosphere and then the environment, right? Dabs you cannot course. live life rigidly. So cancer is either a place where you can adjust and float with it or you can maintain rigidity and, and, and you're not going to survive. That is a huge red flag to anyone if you have cancer, if you have ailments, if you have dis-ease in your body, dis whatever dis-ease mm -hmm. you have, that is your body crying for help that something needs to change. Something needs to change, whether it's your mind, whether it's your thought process, whether it's your nutrition, whether it's your habits or bad habits or your lifestyle. Listen, I didn't think I was going to have to be doing five juices a day every day for the rest of my life. Those are the cards I was dealt. Either I can do it and survive and live a good, li an amazing life and build what I'm building and share the knowledge mm. that I'm sharing and share the message that to show people that it, it is possible. And hopefully help some of these tricks, right? Making things more efficient as a lifestyle, right? These, uh, some of these Gerson, these Gerson I therapies. I That's live, huge, man. I That's live like my life efficiently. Mm. Everything I do is efficient in my mm. life or as efficient as I can be. The way I ride my bike, the the Rots that I choose are efficient. My goal is to go downhill more than uphill in my rides. Mm. And I can do that. There's certain rides where I go, man, I've descended five feet more than I climbed. I mean, that's pretty efficient. Right? So everything is awareness. Mm. So efficiency in jujitsu, you got to be efficient in life. The way you do things, don't waste time doing things. Figure out a system that, that makes that process as fast as possible and you save time we're all time is something <clears throat> we cannot get get back mm. so you want to spend time doing things you want not doing things you don't so you minimize the amount of time that you uh do the things that you don't want to do 
and you maximize the, the time and the things you want to do to share your life with the people you want to share, do the experiences you want to experience and live an amazing life rather than living in misery. If you're living in misery, you just know that those emotions of misery and depression and, and those are what got me sick. It is real. Like, like if you are miserable all the time, just know you are going, it's a matter of time that you're going to get sick. You have to change your life. If something is making you so miserable and so unhappy, toxic, yeah. toxic, you have to change because if you don't, it's a matter of time. You're going to get sick. This is, you know, I want to, you, so, you know, four months before you got on the mat and what is the jujitsu community? What is, what are your students? What is, what, are, what does that mean to you? How did that make you, how did that, how was that part uh, of your healing? I had a huge support from the jiu-jitsu community, mm. right? I had friends of mine who started to go fund me that without them, I don't know what would have happened because Gerson does cost money, right? There's has, there is an investment in equipment. There's an investment in education. There's an investment in time. There's an investment in food, right? Product itself is more expensive. Well, so, um, so, the, so I, I feel very indebted to the, to the jiu-jitsu community and people who supported me when, when I needed them the most. So um, that's why I'm not so concerned about like, I'm more concerned about helping and putting the message out and mm. there is a way to do it. And I try to help people as much as I can until I actually have a book or until I actually have the videos actually a hundred percent completed. And then, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I wanted to start, um, something to give back to the jujitsu community. I wanted to do a yearly seminar, a free seminar, make it a huge event. All the proceeds go to, to, to like a Gerson foundation of some sorts. And then if a jujitsu person needs it, it's there and they can have it same treatment that was given to me i want to be able to pass that on as well that's something that's one of the projects that i definitely want to start putting together because i i owe the jiu-jitsu community my life in a lot of ways they saved me they helped me right so um that's why i'm always so open with my information i'm always so open with giving things away because um if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be here right they're one of the key reasons i was here i'm, I'm still here and they're allowing me to to build this because I might not be here if, if, if they weren't there to support me. So I have a very, um, I have a lot of gratefulness for, for the jujitsu community and the people who have, who have helped me along the way, you know? Um, going, going back to like, just think about your career. Like, um, you know, what was your, one of your favorite, favorite memories competing and fighting um th that that fight with you i was actually pretty proud right even though i lost the fight i i was very proud of my performance i was very proud under the circumstances that i had to fight those fights it was a very tough crowd it was a very tough environment and and uh the mexico crowd huh yeah it was a rough crowd man it was a rough crowd i was actually afraid for my life for a little bit um it was the most intense crowd i'd ever fought in front of so that I had was my santa fe people there in the albuquerque because i was training in greg jackson's at yeah, the time it was well. crazy it was a very intense yeah. thing it was a very intense environment right um you know fight you know Going through all my surgeries, going through all my struggles, and then making it back to the UFC and getting to fight in the UFC again, I thought I thought was a pretty proud moment. And yeah. I won, and I won that fight, right? Yeah. Against a good Joe a good Stevenson, right? Uh, yeah, against a yeah. good fighter. Joe's yeah, a good that. fighter, yeah, yeah. right? A title contender. Yeah. Um, I was pretty proud of that. Veteran. Yeah, a veteran. Big time um, veteran. I, listen, I, I I'm I'm very proud of my MMA career. I fought good people, and I beat good people. So the best guys at the time. So, uh, you know, I competed against the best the best guys I, i'm very grateful that i've had the opportunity to have success and had the opportunity to compete in all forms of hand-to-hand -hand combat right 
under every kind of rule set I've competed and it's given me such incredible knowledge and such incredible perception and, and perspective on how to win, right? Because that's all I cared about is how, to, how, how are we going to get our hand raised in every kind of rule set? And I believe every kind of rule set uh, uh, demands a specific kind of preparation and mindset and circumstantial awareness and circumstantial decision-making that is very important, right? Fighting smart. That's one thing I always prided myself on. Mm. I always fought smart. I always knew when to come underneath the ropes. I, knew, I always knew when to circle out of bounds when I was in trouble on particular takedowns, right? You have to fight smart. You have to have uh, mad awareness, mad intelligence, mm. right? I, I always prided myself that I thought I fought pretty smart. Once I started... Once I made my early mistakes when I was in high school, um, through my college career, through my jiu-jitsu career, through my MMA career, mm. I fought smart. I didn't really make stupid mistakes, and I, and I think that's a, that was one of the huge you know, attributes and things that I was very proud of. I, I always stepped up. I never crumbled under pressure. Mm. I never felt like I let pressure get to me. Um, I was very strong mentally. Mm. You know, I'm very proud of, of my mental, mental strength that um, losing is just not an option. Not an option. If you want to go lose, go, go train with somebody else. I'm here to win, you know. So that kind of a mindset, that kind of Gable, Dan Gable wrestler mindset. I was like, where do I get this from? Now you hear Terry Brands talking in an interview years later, right? Yeah. And I go, this is where I get it from. The, it's the, nice to read all his books, Dan yeah. Gable. You know, it's it's season on the mat and all the stuff, all the all his old books too. I was kind of Listen, obsessed with them. There's a reason why he's successful. Why? Why? I'm only looking at people who are successful, right? Why, why are you going to, what, are you going to go learn jiu-jitsu from somebody who's not successful? You're going to go learn jiu-jitsu from the best guys, right? You're going to go, you're going to go into marketing, you learn from the best guys. Yeah. You're going to learn how to do massage, the best guy, right? Oh, that's another way I, 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 I detox and, and, and become present with my body is massage. I don't know, do you, you get massage a lot? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I really like massage. I started doing the stretching, fascial stretch therapy. <laughs> I like pull yourself apart, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like a but lot. Somebody of stretches. stretches you out, you know. Yeah, it's good, and then the connection between the breath and the stretching is incredibly exactly. important. Exactly. Uh, being mindful of the breath and exactly. the stretching, so I talk about that with my students as well. You know, that's part of recovery. That's part. Yeah, I'm of gonna have like a little recovery center here, like yeah. um, next door to the cafe. You know, so yeah, I want to do that. It's very something. So, yeah, I got I, mean, I got certified. I'm like a. The what advanced uh, fascial stress therapist, yeah. <laughs> but do like it on my because own. Uh, yeah, yeah. But sometimes you're just so tired from training. It's just nice to kind of just lay there and have yes. somebody do it for you, you know, because uh, you want to do it, right? Yes. That's the main thing. I mean, you it. just feel better. You're you're releasing toxins. You're releasing that stuff I, through your breath, and you know, you're you just connects you deeper into your body. That's it. Stretching, massage, That's breath work—it yeah. it connects you deeper into your body. And gotta sh I got to show you tack for. I'm gonna have you come out, and you're gonna we're gonna do attack for class together. Okay. All right, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do yeah, that. And I'll give you a club belt too. All right, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, and then uh, and then, uh, man, worst moment, your career, competing, fighting. Yeah, the fight changed my life. Which, which fight? Your fight. Our fight as well. I mean, Best and worst. I, I had I had uh, had a lot of problems with my knees. I had a lot of problems. I'm recovering. I'm. I'm it's it's a it was cycling changed my life in, in, in more than one way. And, and and one of the ways was it got my legs stronger. It was so atrophied for so long and so painful for so long. And uh, Gerson helped heal it, and cycling helped heal it. But I've had my issues, right? I've had a lot of issues with my knee, with my knee, and. Uh, um, you know, I can't say I was getting knocked out. I, I wasn't getting, it wasn't taking that huge trauma to my head. It was, just, you know, the wear and tear on my body. But yeah, man, the, the I've dealt with it. I don't complain about it. Uh, I do the best I can to heal it. 
Um, I was supposed to get a knee replacement when I was 30. I'm 45 now, and, and, and it's feeling when you better. Were, when now. you were 30? Yeah, and they were recommending a knee replacement at 30. I'm like, uh, they're like, just let it go as much as you can possibly tolerate it. I think around 2013, something like that. I remember like a couple doctors told me I needed double, uh, double knee replacement, yeah. both my knees. Gerson helped it. Gerson helped it. Cycling helped it. And I, I was mean, like, that, uh, and then I saw what they do, <laughs> cutting off the leg and putting that thing. You like, can't, you can't do uh, anything anymore. Yeah. You can't do anything anymore. You can't, you can't be going hard anymore. Now you, you can't spar anymore. You can't. I'm like, no, dude, uh, we'll run until the wheels come off. Yeah, right? that's it. And 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 you know, I I had to grind it, and um, you know, but whatever. I'm I'm not complaining about it. I'm not. I I just, it was uh, that has had the biggest effect on my life going forward past fighting, right? Because once you're done fighting, you're done fighting, right? Yeah. But, but but then you gotta live with what, what damage has been done. So, but it's good. It's been good. It's been getting better. It doesn't inf inflame as much. It's stronger. It's, I'm, I'm making it get to bend all the way. So I do my own kind of rehab on it. I, I use gua sha tools to scrape off the, the break up the scar tissue. Um, I do what I have to do. I'm not complaining about it. It's just, it was, uh, you know, it was just a lot on the line, you know, and, and I felt that, that I did everything I could to win. I did the absolute, there was nothing more I can give. That's all I can do. And that's all I can do. So that's why I'm proud of it, you know. Yeah. But uh, after the first time I tore it, I, I felt I had a full recovery. But after that night, there was never going to ever be any sort of a full recovery. But um, but you live with it, right? These are the choices I made. I yeah. could have quit, but I would have probably been more pissed off if I quit than, than not. Um. I, I Why didn't she quit? Why didn't she quit? It didn't cross my mind. You fought an extreme. Uh, was it extreme? Or the ex was it extreme? What was it called on CBS? The, um, not Bellator but before Bellator. WEC. Uh, WC, but um, Elite XC. Elite XC. Elite yeah. XC with Kimbo Slice. <laughs> the, the final, the final straw. But that was that was the major. That was the other major event at the at the time. Yeah, so I fought. I, I fought all the events. fights in Elite XC. Not all of them. And then you kept affliction, going. Affliction. Affliction. I was supposed to fight an affliction, okay, okay. but but the fight got uh, the, the the Josh Barnett thing happened. But okay. I, I, w I I fought on all the biggest shows. Yeah, with your knee, yeah. and then uh, and then even you got your UFC fight yep. as well. Why I didn't did what you? I why, why didn't you quit? You know, why didn't you quit? Why didn't I quit? Yeah, that just, night. Just no, just not that night, general? but just in general, you know. But like you know, I'm, I'm gonna do something else. There's a little cachet. There's a little cachet little bit of cred, a little bit of street cred, as mm. they say. When they say, oh, I, I fought MMA. What's the first question that they ask you after that? Did you find the UFC? Oh, yeah, UFC, yeah. Did you find the UFC? Mm. If you say no, eh. It's so funny, right? I say, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I did. No, you didn't. I go, I'm in a video game, bro. I'm in a video <laughs> game. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I got two of the three things I wanted. I wanted to be um, in a video game. I wanted a trading card, and I wanted an action figure. I didn't get the action figure. <laughs> I didn't get the action Kenny figure. Florian got the action figure. <laughs> Way better looking than Kenny Florian. Come on. No, but, but that was that, that, you know, these are one of the small things. I'm, I want an action figure, right? Who, why not? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only That's, one I didn't. Uh, yeah, you, you, lived it to the, you lived life to the fullest in all aspects. You know, you fought in the old school, the new school. We got to experience all these different organizations, UFC. You, I mean. We didn't do it for money. Money wasn't the reason. Yeah, no. Ob I mean, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> you know, you did it. You did it. All I ever wanted. Did they, did, how much did you get paid for the backyards? Most of them were free. 
pretty. Yeah, most of them were <laughs> tennis nothing. court or the 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 gym. Like two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. <laughs> like I, I don't remember. Not much. They started paying. Um, you were like, oh, listen, ooh. listen. You didn't do it for money. You know, you do it. You did it to say you did it. You did it to experience it. You did it for what's in your mind that doesn't necessarily re- represent your bank account. You did it for the environment. You did it for the experience. Did it from the heart, right? You want to did it for the experience. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, people, th- I think, do too many things for money, and they don't do enough things just to do it. Right now, it's yeah. people. Let me tell you. The way people fight MMA now, it's hard for me to watch MMA. I think I think they make so many bad mistakes. Most most fighters make so many bad mistakes, but I don't necessarily attribute that to them. I attribute it to what they're uh, enti- uh, encouraged. People are encouraged to fight a particular way, right? The sport has evolved in a it's, way it's where it's on sport. It's its own sport now. Yep. There's no like style versus style. It's you know yep. it's MMA. Well, I mean, you change three rules in MMA. MMA changes. What are the three rules? If you change three rules in MMA, the whole I sport mean, if changes. You can't, if you can't, if you can't uh, hit to the back of the head, I can, uh, or the the gloves too, like to choke, right? If I take your back, you know, you having gloves and me not being able to hit to the back of the head, the old school Gracies, me elbowing mm-hmm. you to the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're gonna open up your neck in one second. That that's the end of the fight. Right. Know? So the, I think the three rules and back of the head is an interesting one. Um, take away the gloves. Guys aren't throwing as hard, right. bare knuckle. Right. I can assure you that. Or they land one hard shot, they right. break their hands. Now, all of a sudden, that changes the fight. Right. Knees to the head of a grounded opponent. Guys mm-hmm. shoot, and they sit there, and they hold on to single legs. But you start getting knee to the head, people are going to start pulling guard. Like the one FC, right? The one yes. FC. Yeah, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Changes everything. And three, up kicks from guard. Mm-hmm. You, you allow me to up kick somebody when they're on their knees, I can guarantee you, ground and pound is going to change. Guys yeah, are going to back right. out of your guard when they got, start getting booted to the to That's the chin. Yeah. So you change those three rules, the whole sport changes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a reason why they're not in there. It encourages people to stand up and box. What yeah, are you getting? I think about that. Yeah, it's just the up kicks when the guy's on his knees, right? How many <laughs> opportunities if a guy's on his knees can you it's, kick a guy in the face? If you're on your back, they how a, different is that of a fight? A, they took away one of the key weapons. Yeah. They took away a huge jujitsu weapon. And they just said, no. Nah. I mean, we're in our early fights where I was, oh, uh, Henzo Gracie and Oleg Tartarov. <laughs> and, he w- and, he was on, and he was standing. He was standing. It, it is way yeah. easier to kick somebody when they're on their knees. Yeah, yeah. Way yeah. easier. Yeah. It's not allowed. But yeah. you, how many guys are ground and pounding if they can do that? It changes the game. You're going to have to control my hands. Yeah. Hand yeah. control is king, yeah. right? That's yeah. one of the things I talk about, hand control. You want to control somebody? Control their hands. You got to know how to control their hands. Good stuff, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for your inspiration and and your example, you know, for me, for all, all of us, you know, to just, you know, fight the good fight, never give up, and uh, fight to win, you know, always fight to win uh, with, you know, of course, your, your, your career, amazing career, but then also with the cancer, you know, like, man, I was like, I was like, say biggest fan, but man, <laughs> I was, I was, I, I was like right Thank there. You. I was like, really like, super super inspiring Thank you. and uh just even hearing you talk about it now and just earlier too when we spoke briefly you know just like it's amazing man thank you thank you for thank you for everything and and uh and uh look forward to uh 
the JV, JVOS. Yeah, it's coming. Coming out. It's coming, and, man. And, uh, it's coming. I'm super excited. You sharing your, your experiences with the Gerson therapy. You know, I think more people need to hear about people it. People need to hear about it because people need to understand that uh, chemo is not the only way. Chemo is not going to help you, man. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, I could have done chemo and then it, it's like taking three steps backwards. And then you got to recover those mm. three steps and you got to detox out, out of all that stuff. You got to understand that if you have cancer, you have a toxic liver mm. and you have to understand how to flush that liver out, how to detox, how to put the right nutrition in your body. And most importantly, let your body heal itself. Give it the environment, give it the time, love yourself enough to give yourself the opportunity to heal and to give yourself to, to learn who you really are and, and, and become more present and familiar with your own body um, and stop, stop telling it to shut up by going to the cabinet, by going to the doctor, by taking drugs to, to mask the uh, symptoms that your body is, is screaming out. It's talking to you, right? It's, it's talking you. to you. And, and people just want to shut it up and not listen to it and not change because it's inconvenient to change your lifestyle. It's inconvenient to change your diet, but I really like meat, but I really like this. But to me, that's just all complaining. There's alternatives for everything that will make it, that you can make it work if you want to look into it and put the effort into to change your life. And don't be lazy, right? Yeah, gotta, that's you know, it. Yeah, don't that's be it. Lazy. That's why I think that's the biggest thing, right? Especially your background and you doing the Gerson therapy. Like it's, that's it, you know, you got to that's a you like hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, you're right. Like, just it was super inspiring. Just the you, it was like you know, I understand like training for a fight and having that like a camp, you know. And it was like a camp. You're like you set yourself up to win. My life is a camp. Right. <laughs> My life is a camp. I'm always ready to win. <laughs> so man, amazing. You know, like uh, how can people find you? Um, usually people on Instagram, I have my, uh, Academy Instagram, JV at JV Jiu Jitsu and JV then, Jiu -Jitsu. and then, uh, at the real Javier Vasquez, real Javier Vasquez, your yeah, Instagram is my Instagram. So, um, your gym, your gym is in Rancho. My gym is in Rancho JV Jiu Jitsu Academy. Uh -huh. Um, you know, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm, you know, I teach the master plan there. I teach, I teach JVOS there. Um, I feel that in with all due respect to all jiu-jitsu instructors, nobody does, does punch defense better than me. There's nobody that understands punch defense better than me. No one who's fought at the highest level like I did and taken the, as little damage as I've taken um, like I have. So I, if, if there's something that, I'm, that I can say I can, I'm one of the best, if not the best, it's punch defense. So that's my focus of the academy. It's, it's to teach a system and teach you guys how to control people so you don't get hit. It's, it's high level stuff, you know. It's like self defense, like self defense, self -defense like fighting, right? Fighting fundamentals, like, like you know, like you can do all the sports jujitsu. I love sports jujitsu because I'm so do you. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, what know. are we doing it for? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing it for? And, and especially now with with the with the landscape of of the country and violence and 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 and, and cops getting defunded, which is absolutely yeah. crazy to yeah. me. How how yeah. people are, are are looking down on police officers who help people and. Like uh, I have so many cop students, and 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 they have such a tough job, and 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 you got to support these guys, right? You got to support these guys because they're they're putting their lives on the line, and people are just turning on the cops. Yeah. It's unbelievable, That's and crazy and um, you know, the direction everything is going. Like I'm not afraid of walking down the street and getting you know somebody trying to beat me up. Like I'm not afraid of that, and there's a lot of people out there 
that need to learn self-defense, that need to learn jujitsu. If, if everyone learned jujitsu, Elio said that, right? If, if everyone learned jujitsu, there'd be less problems because of the philosophy, because of the mindset. The Valente brothers and, 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 and Elio and Carlos, they all said the, the secret in jujitsu is in philosophy. It's how you look at the world, how you're not afraid of the world, the confidence that that gives you. That's what, the, that's what it was all about. Even though we grew up on two separate lineages, you and I, Right, we're two separately, and I and I got the, the the pleasure and the privilege, right, of learning from both sides of the family. I learned Carlson's style for mm -hmm. the first ten years of my career, and then I learned Elio's side, which is a completely different philosophy from Hedon and Henner and, and Hori in the second half of my career. And now, you know, then, then then there's a little sprinkle of Hickson of connection and the understanding. And now I'm I'm kind of I've taken all this data and I've kind of compiled it and I and I've said, okay, well, this is what works, right. But the original philosophy was to build confidence. It was, it was, it was, it was to, to, if everyone knew jujitsu, how many guys are really going out there picking fights? Most guys are just, they, every, everything's you do on the mat. you're not, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're you leaving. You don't need to prove anything. You don't need to prove anything. You, you, you leave it on the mat and you, it leaves you, jujitsu is a uh, decompression mechanism. All that anxiety, all that stress, all that goes away because the energy, the focus that you're putting into jujitsu, calms you it regulates you that's what jujitsu doesn't do it for me as much i i have to ride right so i, I ride my bike that's where i kind of that's my decompression mechanism okay. uh jujitsu is some but it's work as well right it's work as well for me so so the, there's for me my de decompression mechanism is riding but uh um if everyone knew it there'd be a lot less problems in this world and people would think about this world a lot differently and, and that's something that Elio and Carlos, the original guys, really were, were the Valente brothers talk about that a bunch, right? It, the secret in jiu-jitsu is, is in its philosophy. Mm -hmm. to, 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 to just with the same as life, when you encounter difficulty, it's the ability to adjust around the problem and to bend and mold around the problem, just like life. Life is the same. You could run into the wall, cancer. Well, you got to shift and adjust around the problem to continue moving forward. Jiu-Jitsu is the same way. There's a path in Jiu-Jitsu that, that allows you to do that. If you're beating your head into the wall, resisting, 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 take a step back, understand the problem, open your eyes, and maybe there's a different way. Mm. Or maybe there's a different way to approach the solution to this problem rather than just going through it. Right, so that's a philosophy for life. That's not just a philosophy for jujitsu. That's a philosophy for life. I call it being in the vortex. Right, there's a path in the vortex where uh, things are just easier that way. Life is the same way. You got to recognize uh, these lessons that life or these problems that life gives you, and the only way you can do that is to be present with yourself. It helps you. Your internal guide helps you make the right decisions we all know right it's inside of we all know our gut instinct right that's right we just mask it and kind of disconnected within well i think that i think nutrition the disconnect is happening at the nutritional level when you plug in the right nutrition and the right detox and and you get your body um functioning the right way um, I'm friends with this. Uh, she's like a dietitian and um, you know really smart. And, and she posted. She had, she made a post of how it's not like how much you exercise or how much how hard you train or calories you burn. It's all about it's all in the kitchen, right? It's all how you what you put into a lot. How your are body. you recovering? What are you doing to recover? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I know what I'm doing after I do a 60-mile ride. Mm-hmm. I, know, I, I, know, I know what I'm putting in my body. It's a green juice, it's a smoothie, mm-hmm. and then I make a nice meal. Like, all organic. Like, and then so you feel refreshed, mm-hmm. and your body's able to heal and recover mm-hmm. when you're pushing it at that high level. If you're eating junk food, it's going to slosh you down. You're going to feel terrible. You're going to get a stomachache. You're going to get diarrhea, whatever the case. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you ever eat junk food anymore? Yeah. Like, what's junk food? Yeah. I was just like fast uh, food, like a fast food. <laughs> Not even look at it for me. I'm like, oh, man. I can't eat any of it. I can't eat weed. I can't eat any of it. Yeah. So, so yeah. if I go out, um, you know. It's I'd crazy. There's like levels of, right, of like toxicity and like. Fast food is like at the. You can't. You can't. Do, <laughs> and mean, you get you get addicted, right? People, you start eating it, and then you get addicted. What's you that? You get addicted to the but convenience. All, but even just like your body gets addicted to like the chemicals and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's are in designed there. that way. Yeah. So that you can buy more of it, you start to crave it. But uh, whether it's salt, you know, people are addicted to salt. You shouldn't be eating salt. Salt's really not good for you. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah, it throws off your pH. So as little salt as possible. I eat salt, but it's it's like. There's salt in the food, like salt in the in the vegetables. That's that's it. Depends, right? Depends. Like I think we're you know everybody's nervous systems are different, but uh, yeah, just depends, right? I think I would think that uh, yeah, depends on how where you how your body is, how you think, how your environment. Everything. You know, I I I thought about this. Your genetics, years ago. right? Your genetics. Yes, yes. Blood type. Blood type blood also. Types, blood right? type. Uh, you have to pull blood, and I and I thought about this many years ago, even when I was fighting. I'm like, really? Because I was supplementing, but I'm like, well, what what's really being taken in? What am I really lacking? I really the only way to do it is to pull blood. Yeah. They pull a blood panel, they look at what right. you're lacking, what and you then they supplement you accordingly. That's the best way to do it. You yeah. can guess all you want, but until you pull blood and you can read it, yeah. and it's in front of you, uh, that I mean, if I was to to, to do something like that. Uh, if I was to run a company for for you know fighter optimum performance, that's the first thing you do. Yeah. You pull blood and you start to see where they're lacking and where they're where they're strong and where they're weak. Yeah. And when when I first met Scott Son and the TACFIT guy, he had me do a blood panel and then they like looked at everything and then they put me on certain supplements. That's to, right. To fill those gaps, you know. Yeah. And then the supplements that you take have to be highly absorbable. Like the you know, it was like a life extension. I remember the company, just good quality places, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to do it. I mean, same thing with the food, right? Same thing with with everything. Yeah, the food prep. Like the problem, the problem is things have to be prepped, right? The timing of the prep actually saves you time, mm. so you can just grab something and go. So, so I'll, I'll do I'll do stuff like that as well, right? Where I prep the food, and then I don't have to worry about it for the next two days or whatever. Yeah. I have foods made. I think that when you're hungry and you become desperate and things aren't prepared, that's where you that's where you 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 go to convenience. Mm-hmm. And you try to minimize that by preparing yourself earlier. Um, that way you don't put yourself in that kind of a situation where you're desperate for food and then you make a bad choice. Well, thanks, man. Thanks so much for thank you. coming, man. So, like, thank uh, you for just, uh, you know, talking about old old stuff and yep. new stuff, like all the, 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 you know, the things you have, you know, in the works and sharing your, you know, your awareness and, 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 just some of the gifts, right, of the adversities. Like, I feel very similar in my experiences with, with multiple sclerosis. I feel like it's made me a better person and it has given me more awareness of myself, you know, yeah. uh, in conjunction with, like, the tactful stuff. Right. Speaking of the breath and the structure and the movement, yep. you know, the quality of the movement. Yep. 
I mean, I think a lot, like I said, a lot, I think a lot of people are disconnected from their bodies. I think that uh, they're blinded by their lifestyle and the choices that, they're ma- that they make and that what they're putting out there. It always comes back, right? Yeah. Um, in jiu-jitsu, it's, it's been enlightening. It's been enlightening to see how, what a big difference nutrition uh, and mindset has. has and the fact that the nutrition on the mindset, right? <laughs> the nutrition on the mindset. Connected. Everything's connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a really interesting learning experience and, uh, you know, this is what's been taught to me. Yeah. Awesome, man. Look forward to having you out All right. for a seminar and, right. and uh, to keep going. Thanks, Alberto. Thank you, man.